0: Welcome everybody. This is exciting. We're talking today in Nashville. We're visiting Bitcoin Park and it's really nice. It's a beautiful fall time of the year. And one of the things that's interesting at Bitcoin Park is we're seeing people come with their kids, really young kids, um, infants, and it's just inspiring. And it reminds us of what we're doing with this podcast. If you're new to the show, husband and wife team, we're Bitcoiners. We spent 20 years homeschooling our four kids, and the purpose of this this podcast is to share our stories, lessons learned, and to share any resources we can on self-custody education. And today, we're we're gonna deep dive something that was a question, or maybe really a really comment that was made to Tali at a recent event. So, Tali, why don't you tell him?
1: Yeah, I was talking to a, a young mom and she knew that we were homeschoolers and she uh, approached us and said, "I would love to homeschool, but I'm afraid that if I choose to do that, I'm going to lose myself completely." Because it it I mean homeschooling is a huge undertaking if you're choosing to do it full-time. I think there is a spectrum of homeschooling you can do it even if your kids are going to public school. But she was specifically referencing if she were to dive in full-time homeschooling her three kids. So today we want to just talk a little bit about our thoughts on that question, a very valid question. And based on not only our personal experience, but things that we have observed over the last two decades, we'll share with you and hope that you will find it helpful.
0: All right, well, so... Tell us about this conversation you had then. How did that? How did you answer her? Let me start there.
1: Well, I, I, I acknowledged her high concern because it is really easy when you start. Well, as mothers, you start to put your children's needs and wants and basic, well, just needs and wants above your own. And if you top of being a young mom and chasing after your kids and trying to take care of the house and grocery shop and make the healthiest food choices that you can, all that stuff. And, and on top of that, having to think about schooling your kids, it does sound very, very overwhelming. And truthfully, it is going to take a lot of mental energy. But it does. it's not necessarily as hard as you think it might be because today there are so many resources out there making homeschooling a very, very flexible, very What's it called? Not the opposite Pers- of one size fits all.
0: Very, per- very personal. It can it's be. It can be
1: very, very pro- personalized. You can, you can tailor. You can tailor your homeschooling according to your resources in time, and money, and energy, and still do a fabulous job, far superior to what a public school can do.
0: Yeah. So in my mind, I see kind of three steps. The first step that I recall is you you need to you need to have alignment with your partner on what you're trying to do. So you need to at least have a conversation about you know what it is, what are those homeschooling as proof of work? You're going to invest your energy. That's what you're you're making a decision to do. But you need to have that and it's okay to disagree. Like don't I don't think that has to be hundred percent. I think it's actually a, a feature, not a uh, for parents to, to work things out. And the second thing is take a, uh, take a look at what your options are, because as you just said, it's very personal. You can do anything from, look, we're going to put them in the public school system. We're just going to teach them at night and on weekends with our, with extra stuff. It could be a private school. It could be one of these schools that does, does one or two days a, a week. It could be dropping them off at a family member. You have a lot of options to to decide how much time you need for yourself. So if the, if this person that came to you is worried about losing herself and being overwhelmed, to me there's this whole second step of like you have this menu of options. The third step is you start you you commit to it. You start it, and then you know you can adjust. This is not. Hey, I made a decision, and we have to stay this way forever. You go and and you learn. So the first thing is you, you get aligned. Second thing is you you look at your options, and the third thing is you you test them out. and And then if you say I want to go deeper on this, I want to spend more time. Okay, fine. You go more time. You get you get more involved. If you say I am feeling overwhelmed, I do feel like I'm losing myself. You say, let me look at those options that gives me more time. You have. You have a lot of opportunity to adjust. You don't, you're not locked into it forever. You know, no, that, that's I, kind of like, that's what I see is the, the kind of, from a process standpoint of what it looks like.
1: Well, a lot of homeschooling families would do this. So they start praying, if you're a praying kind of person, they, they start praying about the school year over the summer and they make a decision. For that school year, and late summer, they try it for a year, and then they always then pray about the following year. So they take it really one school year at a time. It is. It seems so overwhelming to think K to twelve. Oh my God, I gotta have, I gotta have this whole long term plan. You don't. You're really planning about nine months at a time. So, for example, one year, uh, for our youngest, he was eight years old at the time, and we up until then have been primarily doing all of the subjects ourselves. And I decided for for um, just to, for just the sake of making friends that are his own age, because he tended to be, he's our youngest, he tended to be exposed to older kids through his siblings' activities. So for his own sake, I wanted to put him in a situation where he was exposed to other homeschoolers his own age. And I was already running around all the all all different places because of all their siblings and i just felt like i wanted to give him something that was his own and with kids his own age within the the social perimeter of other homeschooling families so i put him in a what i would call it a private a a part-time private school so it was two days a week it covered all the subjects it was tuesday thursday and then monday wednesday friday he had homework to do and i just supervised his homework but Tuesday, Thursday, it was a drop off situation, right? So he was there for, uh, I think he, I, we dropped him up at nine and we picked him up at three. So about six hours included lunch, recess, and all the different subjects that were covered. So he was there for one year. And every day I, when I picked him up, we would go over his day and say, How, what did you learn? Who did you hang out with? How was it? What was it like with your friends on the playground? What was your teacher like? And then, of course, I was also just, Uh, overseeing his projects and his homework and things. And towards the end of the year, actually not even towards the end of the year, it was halfway through the year and the school was already preparing to do registration for the following year. I had to sit down with my then eight-year-old son and I said, what do you think? Is this something that you would like to continue with? Are you making friends and do you feel good there? And he said, I don't like it there because you've put me in a room full of babies, and I said they're not babies; they're your age, and some of them are older. But he's so used to being exposed to his older siblings and his older siblings' friends that he felt uncomfortable there. And together we made the decision to not continue. But he had that the nine months there, so it's a it's a process that you can continue to tweak as you your life circumstances change. And in that case, if he was my oldest, right, if I had young, if he had younger siblings and he was my oldest, I could have done the same thing. I could have dropped him off Tuesday, Thursday, and then just knew that all the subjects were covered and then just had to help him with homework Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And that would give me free time to take care of the younger kids. So the situation could be reversed. In that case, it would work for the family according to what their need.
0: Gotcha. Right. So two things come mind. One is that there's other things we can go down and the list of options to choose and what we either witnessed or you, you tried. And then the other thing is, are we, are we, are we answering the question of what this person asked you in that? So did that help you or would that help the person who's worried about being overwhelmed and not, or didn't want to lose themselves? Yeah, yeah, so
1: in that, in this case, for that particular family who was asking me this question, her kids were, I think, kindergarten and younger. And she was pregnant in the first semester, uh, first trimester. So in her case, if she wanted to go that route, she had a newborn, assuming uh, when, when she decides to do this, the baby's born. She has a newborn, and then she has a five-year-old. I think it might have been a three-year-old. Five-year-old, three-year-old, and a newborn, then she could have dropped off the five-year-old and the three-year-old every Tuesday, Thursday, and knew that on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, she didn't have to worry about coming up with curriculum or coming up with material. All she had to do was to supervise, and the rest of the time, they can just enjoy the day and just know that schooling is taken care of. Okay. So in that case, would she necessarily lose herself? I would say no, as long as the tuition is something that you can manage. And you're okay with them going into a traditional classroom situation because that's, you always make a pros and cons list, right? So if the case of the example that I'm giving, which is a part-time private school situation Mm -hmm. where you you drop off part of the week, they are sitting in a traditional classroom and they, it is a lecture, lecture lecture-based teaching style. They, it is text, textbook-based. So if you don't mind that, then this is a really great option.
0: Okay, cool. All right. So let's. what we'll do is we'll just go through the list of different options, and then we'll just try to come back to the original question and see where it, where it rates on the scale. Right. So the next one, co-ops. Maybe explain what, what co-ops are, and then okay. and then we tie it back to the same question of how does it help or not help with your time to yourself to not lose yourself?
1: Yeah, so you can join a homeschooler co-op and a co-op usually is once a week and it's parent it's families coming together so it's not definitely not a drop-off situation families come together parents either volunteer uh, as just admin people or they volunteer to teach or they volunteer to watch the younger kids who are not old enough to go into a classroom and the parents who teach they teach based on their own interests and backgrounds. So you're not going to necessarily get the academic exposure there because you don't, from one year to another, you, you're not sure what classes would be available, right? It would be like one parent maybe really loves knitting, so she provides a knitting class. One parent maybe is really great at math, and so he does a math games class. One parent may be really good at cooking or gardening, so they do a gardening class. So it's more like electives. Mostly what I have seen in homeschooling co-ops The classes that are offered by the parents are mostly more like electives. So you're still going to have to teach the core math and English at home yourself, unless there's a parent in the co-op specifically offering something with that. But the benefit of it is the whole family's together. When you have, when lunchtime comes around, all the families are sitting together, the kids are playing. It's a very family oriented thing, but you don't get free time in terms of walking away, but you do get the friendship with other homeschooling moms and dads?
0: Well, I I would say the other thing in context of not losing yourself, what you do get is you could volunteer to teach something you like. So if your hobby is ceramics or painting or whatever your hobby is, you volunteer to teach your subject. And so now instead of losing time on something that is part of who you are, you actually get to share that with other other people. And while you're doing that, it's sort of like specialization in a free market. You're going to specialize in your area. You're really good at, uh, just take painting. If that was your hobby, or maybe it's photography or programming. Maybe you can get into robotics with your kids. It doesn't matter. Whatever your subject is that you like to teach about or that you like to spend time on, you go spend time on. It could be sports too. Kids could go play you really like sports, so you teach your kids flag football or something, kickball, the the little square game with the ball down, whatever it is, and it gives you a little bit of time to focus on what you like while somebody else is going deep on something they like. So maybe you speak Chinese and you could speak Chinese, so that person's over teaching a language, and someone else is doing chemistry. So to me, co-ops you're still spending time but i think the benefit on the question of how not to lose yourself is you you also get this this opportunity to be who you are and yeah you know.
1: and you can share your passion which is a yeah. which is a beautiful thing in and of itself because yeah we're all looking for people who share our hobby and passion and common interest and you get to teach that to the younger generation and i think that can be in itself very fulfilling mm-hmm so and a, another pro about doing the homeschooling co-op is your kids are also learning from other people who are passionate about the subject versus going to a school, maybe being taught by a teacher who is forced to teach something mm. that they literally have no interest in. Yeah. So.
0: All right, let's go to the next one on the list. And this one, you may not be able to do all the time depending on if you have extended family nearby. So we may have to use an example of what else you've witnessed? But the next one on the list is time with family. So, for example, you every whatever day is the day that someone's going to be with grandma, that kind of thing. I don't even we, we'll call it just the, like a, an extended family plan. That's the next. That's the next one.
1: Yeah. So, I knew a family where the grandparents were really active in the children's lives, and they would have grandma days. And on the grandma day, literally the mom would drop off the kids at grandma's house and then she will have the day to herself, whether she wanted to pursue something that she's interested in or just have a quiet house to do what she needs to do around the house. So that's another way if you wanted to just school full time yourself, but just have one day free to take care of other things, to still have your own space, your own mental space, that will really work. If you don't have parents are nearby, or if you don't have that kind of relationship or, or opportunity, then perhaps you can partner with another homeschooling family because everybody really needs, every homeschooling mom, no matter how devoted, needs time to herself to recoup and regenerate, re- mm-hmm. recharge. And so if you join a homeschooling co-op of any kind, or if you join, um, there are always Homeschooling playgroups, especially if your kids are young. Homeschooling playgroups is a very, very big thing and they take a lot of field trips together. You'll get to know other families and hopefully you'll make a couple close friends and then you can partner up and share time off, you know? Mm. And and that could really that can really alleviate that feeling of heavy burden yeah. when you're homeschooling and you're you feel like you have to be on all the time. Right. But playgroups are very, very big thing. Moms groups, you can find them everywhere. If you're part of a church, for sure, they have connections to the moms groups. There's, if you even just Google mom group in your area, um, they're not necessarily going to also be homeschooling moms, but you never know what people are able to work together to create.
0: Okay. Then I, just two more quick and then we can get into the, where do you start to find out for your own area? Um, on one end of the spectrum, the furthest end might be, uh, you max out how much time somebody else is doing it. Like some places you can go and they're, they are called homeschoolers, but like they're basically gone most of the yeah. time. Let's cover that one first. I was going to call it a hundred percent private, but that's not really what that is. Let's, what do you call the most extreme case where... You're, you're still homeschooling, but you're spending the least amount of time actually doing the schooling.
1: Well, you, uh, okay, so that's a little bit different from physical separation, like your ability to drop them off and not be, worry about them in that other people are responsible for your child during that time mm-hmm. and you're completely freed, freed up to do other things. But if you're, if you're not talking about physical separation, you're just talking about delegating the task of teaching Mm -hmm. you can buy these curriculums either online where they say it's almost like what they did during COVID which is all the all the classes are online you sign them up and they sign into a live teacher they they get taught and they do their homework and they they get feedback from the teacher they take tests with the teacher and you're literally just providing space in computer right and maybe a little bit of supervision, most of the time the kids will be home, but you are not responsible for the teaching of it. You just choose the classes that you want them to to learn. That's the most extreme, like, hands-off thing where you're just not part of sure. it at all.
0: Right. So my point on that, bringing that up, is that there are some parents who say they are homeschoolers. If you ask them that, they'll say they're homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. But they have tried to outsource to the max.
1: Yeah, they don't teach at all.
0: Right. Yeah. Then you have the other side of the spectrum, which is the last one I wanted to talk about. And that was where you just, this is your, you've decided this is your passion and you're, you actually want it to be a hundred percent. Right. So maybe we talk about the other end of the spectrum. You have people who enjoy it so much. They, they want to go deep on everything and be involved with literally teaching everything so if
1: they're teaching everything how do they still keep a part of themselves
0: well i think it's almost it almost answers itself you've already decided that what makes you happy is the teaching so you are doing what you like (laughs) in that sense right yeah um i just bring it up as it on the spectrum of options available that some people will go to the go to the other side of this Mm -hmm. and they enjoy it like they actually choose to, they make they, they say I have a choice and I want to make I want to I want to take on that level of responsibility.
1: Okay, so if you and the and the method that I think that comes to mind is Charlotte Mason, which is a very very hands on, you're involved in everything. Hmm. You prepare the curriculum, you gather the book, you do everything. In in those cases. What, I mean, that's basically what I did in the beginning, and it is very overwhelming because while you're teaching the kids, you're thinking about what to cook for dinner, and while you're eating dinner, you're thinking about what lesson plan to prepare for the next day kind of thing, so it is, it can be very overwhelming. In those cases, I would just say on the weekend, uh, just make sure that your partner or your friends or your family can give you a couple of hours off just to
0: have yourself a day just
1: to recharge mm. any way that you want if that means you go to the gym if you go sit in the sauna if you go take a walk oh. outside though in those cases i think you just need to have very deliberate agreements and it doesn't even have to be some large chunk of time either it can just be a short like okay for the next four five minutes i'm taking a walk and I'm, I'm by myself and it's okay for the kids to watch blue close close you can't watch that now
0: i don't even it's know weird
1: is. it's like woke now um to watch something educational while you with dad or grandma and then you go out for a walk and i think yeah. that's okay too
0: yeah all right so those are five general buckets you can make up your own and mix mix any way let's let's i think the, the the next question that would be on my mind so i'm imagining this this person that, Talk to her, but she's, she wants to, she asks you, how do I not lose myself? I think this might be overwhelming. You said, here's, here's, here are these different examples of buckets of options we just went through. And the next question would be, well, in my area, how do I start? Like where, so let's, maybe let's cover two or three recommendations on if you're, if, if you're that person and you now know, okay, I've got these options, but how do I figure out what program is actually available near
1: me? The best place to go for a homeschooler is going to be the Facebook. So go into Facebook, type in homeschool, and type in your city name. If you are not in a big city, then you might have to use Google and, and do a dig a little deeper. But honestly, any homeschooling group that that's active close to your area, even if it's not right in your area, There will be people there who can direct you different places, different resources. If you go in there and ask, just say, "Can will you please direct me to a homeschool co-op? Understand that that is going to be that sort of the elective classes that you can go and network with, network and connect with other homeschooling families as units. If you ask about a drop-off kind of program, I'm not sure there's a specific term for it. I've heard it all different ways, but you might just, it might just be some kind of homeschool academy or homeschool Christian academy. or You're going to have to ask specifically in your area, but there, they would be drop-off situations. And I personally call it part-time private school, but homeschoolers might be offended if you said that, but just say like some kind of drop-off program and they should be able to direct you to what's available in your area. Right.
0: But, but the way... I'll, in my mind, what I hear is you're saying, go talk to them in person, right? Go out, you know, you find them on Facebook, but go talk to them, right? And find out what they are before you do. You're not going to like sign up for something.
1: No, you always do a tour first, always, no matter what you do. You can, the co-ops will give you a tour, the um, something like classical conversation, which is combination co-op and private school. Yeah. Um, part-time private school, like they would. There's always going to be somebody who's willing to give you a tour, and you can observe first before making a decision. But if your kids are very young, start with just a play group. That's the best place to go and make connections and ask questions. Ask
0: questions. Okay. So then you have you mentioned Facebook. So you're finding them online, you can talk to them. You also have you mentioned churches. So there are a lot of churches where. There there, there's a big homeschooling community within whatever denomination that is.
1: So yeah, that's a, it's that's, very popular in in churches. Yeah.
0: So that's a second one. I guess you go to meetups. You can go to a Bitcoin meetup and it's probably less likely you're gonna find someone who's already doing yeah, it there. But that... um and, you know, the only other option that the thing I thought of that I did not know about when our kids were young was there are actually conventions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Hopefully, yeah. yes, yes, so,
1: absolutely. Homeschool conventions, there are many, many, many of them. It starts, they start in the late spring and go all the way into early fall. And they differ by um, the approaches. So maybe we'll do an episode on just the different approaches of homeschooling so they can take. Different. They can understand the difference. Because you have the Charlotte Mason people who do their conventions. You have the classical conversation people who do their conventions. You have uh Christian homeschooler conventions, and I know that there are secular homeschool conventions.
0: A lot of conventions.
1: A lot of conv- a lot of conventions. Yeah. So, and also, I just want to say homeschoolers are very much like Bitcoiners. They're very, very friendly. And they are everybody's more than happy to share experience. And, um, they're very open, they're open people, so gotcha,
0: okay, so again, this is all inspired by a question that was and and this question's come up in different ways, the same type of questions come up to you multiple times is how do you not be overwhelmed? How do you keep yourself?
1: Yeah I think one in, of the the one of the more extreme version of that question or statement is, "Oh, I can't possibly homeschool, I'm gonna kill my children and then-
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, that would, you don't want to get, uh, you don't get that far uh, yeah. along, but I mean, kids are, that's part of, to me, the joy of parenting is you're, you're going to learn a lot about yourself because you're, you're going to be, in this, <laughs> you're going to be uh, pushed from ways you didn't know you could be, be pushed. But I, I think that's a good, a good thing. And again, from my point of view, we're just saying, listen, we're, we homeschool for 20 years. We understand the Bitcoin point of view hear some of the stories and ideas to help and resources to help other people. So I think we've hopefully we've covered that. And then I guess the I would leave it as we're pretty open if if somebody doesn't feel comfortable or still is still has something that they're questioning on that, reach out to us. If we didn't answer that question well enough, reach out to Tolly or myself on Twitter or our email or the website, whatever whatever way you're comfortable reaching out and we're happy to help try to, try to get you through the process of thinking through or how to reach out and see what the options are. So that's, that's all I had on the the, the list for days or anything, any other final thoughts that you have Tali for, before we wrap up.
1: I just want to say that it is, it seems really overwhelming, but it is very doable because it is, like I mentioned earlier, it's not something where it's such a giant project you have to plan many years ahead. You can plan a few months at a time and you can continue to adjust because you don't know what your true capacity is for these kinds of challenges mm-hmm. in homeschooling until you're in the thick of it. And then maybe you realize that you can actually tolerate a lot more than you realized or... You can tolerate less, mm-hmm. but either way, once you find out where your limit is, you start to look for solutions like working with your family and friends for a time off or looking for these part time private school situation where you get a few days off because that's what you need. And, you know, don't feel guilty. It's completely fine. Homeschooling yeah. is going to be a, a You're gonna constant be change kind of yeah, constant adjustment kind of thing. So don't feel bad either way. Stay flexible and know that it's going to be okay, one step in front of the other.
0: Yeah, I, that's really good advice. You're, you're going to be okay. Your kids are going to be okay. And we didn't, at least I didn't have the confidence to start. We just needed to get moving. And then later on, after you've looked back, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I, I'm capable of doing that. I can do that, and you—you you realize you actually you already have what you need to do this. But you don't start with that. You you feel overwhelmed, maybe. But um, but yeah, you you you're gonna be fine. I think that's great advice. All right, everybody. Well, we'll we we uh, we're doing this to to try to help folks. If people have questions you want us to to address, let us know what they are, and we'll catch you next week.
1: Bye. Have a good week. If you enjoyed this podcast, and if you found this valuable, please leave a review to help others find us too.
0: For those who prefer zapping sats, we love those too. We're on Fountain, we're on Noster, and we're on Orange Pill app.
1: Also, I host a women's only Bitcoin podcast called Orange Hatter. And the mission of that podcast is to reach pre-coiner women. So if you know of someone in your life that you would like to introduce Bitcoin to, check it out.
0: So, Tali and I also don't have sponsors for this show. We are trying to build and run Free Market Kids. You can check out our products at freemarketkids.com. This includes the Bitcoin mining game, Hoddle Up, which is a great introduction to Bitcoin.
1: The school edition of Hoddle Up is always available. We also have the 2024 halving edition. It's going to be super deluxe. Very excited to roll it out. It is available On pre sale at a 21% discount.
0: Until next time, happy hodling.